Welcome back to The Bunt, the people's podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. You remember that, motherfucker? Because I'm the one y'all need to be worried about, partner. Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. know exactly what you tuned into i'm d jones i got the ghost with me as always ants one behind the scenes it's a cool thing and this week we got something special for y'all ghosts tell them what we working with big week in studio e you know we always love getting them circa boys on tave grant windsor well we were missing one and it was dennis durant we finally tracked him down made the time difference work and we got a banging interview with the new homie dennis durant sure y'all gonna enjoy that one then you know what i'm saying got some voice memos to deal with in the post office always entertaining and then we'll see if we can scrounge up a topic or two in sports you dig it is getting rough down there in the rundown baby and if <laughs> once a week ain't enough for y'all Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe on YouTube at The Bunt Live. And if you're feeling extra generous, head over to patreon.com slash The Bunt. Every penny helps, man. Let's keep the people's podcast moving. And just remember, we're streaming on all podcast platforms, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, you name it. We're there. You dig? Ghost, that shout out of the week time. What did I miss? What do I got to watch? Well, these days, it's more like, what did I miss? You know what I'm saying? I'm out in the country, bird watching, watching the days go by. So I'm usually late on shit these days. But uh, Tiago, croupy wheels part, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like usual, he ain't wasting no time making a sody push. (laughs) Hopefully this year he doesn't get snubbed and he keeps it popping. That part was amazing. It was probably just throwaway for him, but still better than what 99% of skaters can put out so shouts to Tiago the beast of sin that man's bounce is just unmatched bro it's it's incredible and shout to Duncan McNaughton who a couple weeks ago told me that if Tiago and Diego had a baby it would be him (laughs) (laughs) one of the greatest things I've heard in it in my lifetime wow I'm not sure if Duncan listens, but he'll get a crack out of that, man. (laughs) So like we said, we got Dennis Durant in the building this week. Made the time zones work. We're talking about a proud new papa. Legend in the game can flip in and out of absolutely anything. And as Saifa said, you know we coming for that circus squad. So it was just a matter of time. No doubt, yo. D Jones, let's crack a couple cold ones. You know what I'm saying? A couple green cans. Canada's premium pilsner. Steam whistle. The only buzz. All right, here we go. We have Dennis Durant in the building. 
what's going on man yo what's up fellas uh just chilling right now just taking it easy been up to dad life in it a lot laying low with fucking lockdown oh yeah man same with us yeah shit is still going on over here but slowly but surely life's uh getting back to normal how long you been a dad for he just turned 20 months about two weeks ago Oh, yeah, about like a week ago. So, yeah, 20 months. I was like, wow. I thought you were going to say 20. I was like, what the Damn. Fuck? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> 20 years ago. But... Nah. They, grow, they grow up fast, huh? <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, 20 months, man. It's been great, eh? So, Dennis, we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Favorite skate moment? I think for myself... I think it was like just going to the States for the first time, just like actually fucking pulling in on the plane, you know, like seeing all the fucking yellow buses and stuff. Because <laughs> to me, like growing up over here, you know, you're like America, like you want to fucking get there, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, to actually be getting there and like, man, this is actually happening. I'm actually here, you know. It was kind of a big moment, I feel like, to, for me. That's sick. Memorable as fuck. Anyway. And sports moment? You a big sports guy? I'm not a big sports guy. I like, I follow boxing a bit. So, like, I'm a big Pacquiao fan. So, I think, Sick. like, the the last thing, like, I was, like, really looking forward to was, like, the the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, like, a few years ago. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. Yeah, we did. But uh, there's just, like, so much hype behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, when it happened, it was, like, a bit of a letdown. But still, <laughs> yeah. that was, like, the last time I felt like I was real hyped about Sportman. I actually saw uh, the Pacquiao fight here in Brisbane as well. Nice. That was pretty sick. So, where did you come up and how did you get into skating? Well, where I started skating, I was in, uh, I grew up in a town six hours north from here. Like, I'm in Brisbane right now, so it's called Gladstone. It's like a little town, like, I don't even know the population, probably like 25,000 people back then. So, it's kind of, in the scheme of things, it's pretty small, you know, but, um, grace of god somehow i found a fucking skateboard you know i didn't find it but like you know found skateboarding <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh oh that's my brother actually because he wanted to he wanted a skateboard it was like christmas time you know he's like man i'm gonna get a skateboard for christmas and i wanted like a bmx so <laughs> thank thank god he talked me into it we like went we had money we we're talking about buying it for ourselves you know and i wanted to buy a mm-hmm. bmx and i was like set on it you know but then yeah he talked me into getting a skateboard so yes. yeah the rest is history with that Damn, we, we should thank your brother too, man. Yeah, big brother's no better, man. Always listen to you, big brother. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first big break in the skate industry? How'd your career get off and started? Well, when you come from Australia, right, it's like, I don't know if it's the same in Canada. It's kind of the same, I guess. But like, you have to kind of like work your way up here and stuff, you know? So like, mm-hmm. getting sponsored here was like a big thing for me, you know? Like, you get start that whole process but then that's the process before you go to america and shit so yeah just getting like a board sponsor and that out here and then um yeah but like for the main the main fucking breakthrough i feel like like i was saying when i went to america i went out there for three months and um all thanks to ryan allen actually because uh him and colt him and colt fucking put me up and i owed all to them eh it was actually like a circuit trip out here, like prior to that. That's how I met those guys. It was like a circuit tour. So I met all those, that whole crew, like 
like uh, Tave and Windsor. They were just like kids back then. Lenny Rivas was on. Yeah, Colt Cannon, Castleberry, Raymond Detta. But yeah, I met all those dudes then and met Ryan Allen and that. And uh, I didn't even like really broke down with him much on the trip, you know, but like after the trip, I was, I was that keen to get over there, you know, I was like, I felt like it was time to, like I was ready to go and do it, you know. So I was just like emailing Ryan. I didn't even know him. He was probably like, who the fuck is this kid? Why is he emailing me, you know? But <laughs> it was probably annoying, but hey, it all worked out. And uh, he's a legend. He fucking invited me over and stayed with him for three months. It's pretty crazy when I think about it now, like just some kid from another country coming to stay at my house for three months, you know? So you're saying Ryan's got more use than just a <laughs> internet troll hater? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, you guys are right. <laughs> He's probably more bitter nowadays. He was pretty bitter back then, but he's probably more bitter <laughs> now. <laughs> I spoke to him recently, actually. I miss that dude. He's a good talent scout, man. He knew our For boy sure. Jacob had it. Yeah. Back before we did. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, too, like, a lot of people from Australia go to America and, like, they don't really have a plan, you know? They just go over and stay with the homies and shit. For me, like, I just went over solo, just, like, didn't know anybody, but he just happened to be a photographer... And he was just, like, in the mix, you know? He's, like, taking me out skating every day and met so many dudes through him and stuff, and that just helped me out heaps So Just having him shooting photos and stuff. Uh, must have been fun for him, fucking... You're out here tray flip nose blending rails. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, that was on that trip. That was the first trip to... Man, it was a productive <laughs> trip, I'm gonna say that. I wish I had more trips like that these days. I bet you loved Bro. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I got a lot done. But, yeah, thanks, Alan. If you're out there listening, oh, he thanks is. for everything. Appreciate it. <laughs> he is for sure. So Appreciate it all. We first remember you from the Pop War video teaser to the second one. Yep. You went off flipping into rails like it was a video game back before that was common practice. Yeah. Second tray flip nose blunt ever, like shortly after Costin's to, to end. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about those early days in the States. That was on that first same that same first trip, like uh, I was talking about. Um, like on that trip, I I was getting pop war flow in Australia actually through distribution, and uh, so yeah, I got to meet those dudes. Like Ryan took me to go meet up with um, Paul Sharp and that while I was over there, and yeah, it was good, man. I got to skate with those dudes and just got a lot done. I was stoked eh the tray flip nose blunt that rail was like the fucking best rail i've ever seen in my life it was actually it ended up being like you know you guys know the 601 house like that was later obviously but tave's crib yeah tave's house i was like just down the road yeah. from that school where that was damn but yeah man that was good times big shout out to those dudes yeah, too. he did the cleanest switch flip back lip over yeah I, I was there it was fucked <laughs> I think it might have been like the same session I did something. I think I might have did like a kip of backsmith or something maybe. Or I was trying to trick. I'm pretty sure I was there for the switch for backflip anyway. Felt like it was. It was good times, man. So, unfortunately, Pop War didn't last forever. Nah. While you were filming for the Circa video, you made the move to Mystery. What was that transition like? Yeah, it was, it was good, man. Um, I was obviously bummed that Pop War didn't work. I, was, I love Pop War, eh? It was like the best company. Yeah. Just the whole vibe and everything. Cairo, he's the fucking man. He's the GOAT. Shout out to him too for fucking taking me in and stuff. All those guys. But yeah, that all happened with Mystery. It was like when I actually moved out to the States. Like I was home. I was home for a while. I came back to Australia for a while. Because I had visa, something to do with my visa. 
actually overstayed by like a day one time and I went back and I got pulled up at the border and like I was in yeah. customs for like like the whole day like just getting interrogated and shit and it was all because I overstayed like on one of those previous trips so yeah shit. so like I could stay for, they let me stay for two weeks and then they sent me back but Damn. when I actually so I was home for a while and then that's when Poplar went under when I was back home and then um when I actually moved out to the States, I didn't have a board sponsor, but I think Windsor was already riding for mystery and uh, the circuit team manager, Ryan, I think they kind of like put in a word for me, you know, see what was up with mystery and shit. So kind of like, it's a pretty smooth transition, you know, I like moved straight out there and got straight on mystery and stuff. But yeah, it was dope, man. I love the mystery days too. Good times. Yeah, damn, that would have been so... At least they gave you two weeks. I can't imagine... The oh, yeah. No, that's that's rare. They don't, getting sent right back. For sure. Usually they just send your ass home. But uh, I gave him a spiel because I had a girlfriend at the time and I kind of gave him a spiel. That, oh, I just came and see my girlfriend, you know, because you weren't supposed to say you're like a um, pro skater. I wasn't even pro, but like, you know, skating, out here yeah. skating. Because I think I was getting paid money too, you know, so it was, that's even more sketch to say anything like that. Yeah, you got to keep that on the low. Yeah. Anyway, I got like a cool chick, and she was like, I think she felt sorry for me. It's like, oh, he just wants to see his girlfriend. Let's <laughs> let him in. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. Got two weeks. I feel like I think I got a lot of shit done in that two weeks at least. Yeah, that's dope. So you rode for Circa when it transitioned from the Super Team with the Appleyard and like yeah. Chris Cole and that whole thing into the next generation, which was you, Tave, Grant, Windsor. Yep. And that crew. Uh, how fun was that baby ice era for you? Bro, it was too fun. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> if there's such thing as too fun, it was like bad, like how fun it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, no, that was sick because uh, we were all fucking just best homies just traveling around the world, like nonstop, just having the best time, you know? But so that, that leads to a lot of partying and shit, you know? It kind of like, the circuit days are fucking crazy, man. <laughs> There was so much partying and like circuit tours, they were just like a month long party basically. Going to Europe and we'd have demos and stuff, you know? But like demo is just like, we'd have a lot of demos over the whole trip, you know, all over the place and stuff. But like, you get the demo done and then it was party time, eh? Obviously, we're still skating and skating the streets and stuff, but like, yeah, kind of turned the boys into the men, eh? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys are all in your early 20s, so it's kind of like when you can party and skate hard. Oh, yeah. Simultaneously. I cannot run that now, bro. I'm fucking... <laughs> I go party like that now and cook for a week, eh? Just chilling. Yeah. Hung, over, hung over for a week. <laughs> yeah, you owe some couch time for sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's rare for companies who have, like, a super team. They usually, when they go and have to rebuild... It doesn't work yeah. out as well, but it seemed like Circa was able to build almost yeah. two super teams back to back. It's pretty crazy. For sure. I feel like it worked out pretty well. Eh? But yeah, that's a tough act to follow. Eh? Like Musker and Appleyard and yeah, that Yeah, the first crew. coming of Circa was Jamie incredible. Thomas. Yeah, that was like the A team. But yeah, um, yeah, it all worked out pretty good. Eh? It was like doing those trips and stuff man the demos were fucking crazy like so many people like it was lopez was like a god it was insane <laughs> yeah man the amount of fans that guy had all over the place was insane so john insane. alley too man it was good tave obviously windsor yeah i remember seeing random footage 
of you guys in like South America one time, and it was like there was so many people, it was insane. Yeah, you wouldn't think it was for a skate demo. I actually miss those trips, eh? Because I was like, every time they went to South America, like I happened to be back home at the time or something. So mm-hmm. like, but they look fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I had we had one experience like that. I mean, there was a lot kind of like that, but Russia was real crazy oh. too. Like there was a demo in this big stadium, and it was like packed. I don't, not a massive stadium, but like a stadium. Like I don't know what they do there, play basketball or something. But yeah. it was packed, and like we had to like sign shit at, in at the end in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Kids like busted down the gates and shit, like <laughs> busting through. Security was there, like fucking oh punching God. them and through the gate. It was like crumbling in. It was Jesus. insane. That's like the craziest shit I ever saw, you know. Or I've been involved in, I guess. That's a true rock star moment. It kind of feels like that. It sounds like fucking weird to say that shit, but it was kind of like that. Like, especially on those circuit tours, you know, there was a lot of, um, with all the partying and shit, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> My life's changed a lot, eh? Mellow life now. <laughs> it's still in me, though, eh? I still miss those days. I'm pretty mellow, but, like, yeah, you wouldn't think it, but we had some fucking crazy times. Mm-hmm. And we were just, like, a, you know, we all just became fucking real good mates, like, that whole crew. For sure. Let's do it. Nothing better than traveling with all your homies, you know? guys could have like a class reunion or something link back up for oh. one last rodeo oh fuck i'm king let's do it <laughs> be sick man level get gp in the mix too i'd come to the demo yeah. <laughs> safer would be busting down the fence <laughs> damn i have to hire those security guards again <laughs> keep, keep, keep this guy in check <laughs> so when the mystery video dropped the rumor is that the chief didn't want to buy your Australian footage, so it ended up coming out in the local video, Parts and Parcels, which is an amazing part. What's the story there? Yeah, I don't really know, bro, because I had all this, I had all that footage that was in Part and Parcel, right? Like, I came home, like, after that video came out, black and white, and filmed a bit more for it. But for the most part, I had, like, a lot of shit already ready to go, you know? I don't know if it's because mm. he didn't want to buy the footage or whatever i think he like with clairvol had footage and i think he like swapped clips or something i don't know he had to swap some of his clips for my clips or, or something like that i don't know but i just feel like it was down to something like that you know not wanting to pay pay for footage or something mm-hmm. but i mean man i'm pretty sick to just come home and have a part with the homies you know so it all worked out yeah i was hyped on it but yeah i had all that there's a line like the um there's a picnic table line I did, like kickflip front blunt, fakie, then a switch front blunt on this picnic table. Not the American ones, but like in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I had all that footage, like I presented it, you know, I was like, here's some footage and shit. But then he said like, oh yeah, that's sick, man. But it's just like another picnic table line, you know, like. Oh my, oh, god. my Damn. god. Damn, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> I've never seen a kick front blunt on a picnic table. I was hyped on it. And to back it up with a switch front blunt, like on the top of these picnic tables too. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Nah, Chief is the man. <laughs> I appreciate that opportunity. Eh? Take me in and shit. He's the man. Dude, the Chief has like the most stories in skateboarding history, man. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Like lots of urban legends about that guy. Yeah, there's a lot of legends. Like, you know, you always hear the stories about like, oh, Chief's crazy and stuff. Like, doesn't know what to do and stuff. <laughs> but like, for the most part, like when I wrote for Mystery, it was mellow like he didn't really fuck with me much you know like tell me what to do or anything like it was chilling i think one time he like told me to do a trick but that was a bit outlandish what was it 
it was, uh, I think we were at Carlsbad and he's like, you should nolly frontside flip this. Kind of like just out of the blue. Because I was, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Nolly frontside flip, shit. Where are you getting these uh, ideas from? Uh, she's been like, yo, I did that trick. I did that line on the picnic benches though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about that clip? Nah. <laughs> nah, it's all good. I mean, he knows, you know, he's got to motivate people, you know. I was probably just standing yeah. there watching someone else skate it, I'm pretty sure. So he's like, oh, you should do this, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do that to people sometimes, you know. You got to mel- uh, motivate people. Yeah. I'm out here asking my friends to do tricks all the time. So. Yeah, exactly. I can't be judging the chief for that. Nah, for sure. Yeah, I understand it. Now, are you asking anyone to nolly 180 flip Carl's bed? No, but I asked Morgan to switch back big blue or double the other day. Oh man, it's perfect now. They like redid the whole top. It's flawless. I actually did skate Carlsbad once. I almost nolly flipped it actually. Oh shit! Oh. For um, I think uh, Paul Trepp, Paul Trepp or somebody did it. I think a few what? years later. You know Paul Trepp? I don't know him personally, but I know he didn't do it, or somebody somebody did it. It must have been done. Yo, this is pissing me off. I can't remember who nolly flipped Carlsbad right now. But yeah, I tried it. I remember Atiba was shooting and shit. You know, it was pretty like, damn, this is big time. I'm at fucking Carlsbad oh, trying to nolly, trying Furby. to nolly shit. Furby. Did he? Yeah, maybe that's who it was. I remember there was an ad though. Uh, I could have swore someone else did it. Maybe probably there probably is a couple people who did it, but Antoine nolly healed it, and I, yeah, I think I think Furby nolly flipped it. Super butter, like when he was first coming onto the scene. It yep. might have, it might have been for fucking that random board company, Sugar, Sugar or something like Sugar. that. Sugar. Oh yeah, I remember that coming. When I say I got close, I, I mean like I was landing on my board and just crumbling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the thing was fucking big, man. Yeah, it was so big. Oh, you felt it like in that on video when they're so dramatic explaining how like harsh it is to skate. Yeah, that's why I saw that pride to it, you know. So I feel like that oh. makes it even more hectic, you know. Yeah, I feel like when people started doing like switch big flip and shit, like they didn't watch that on video, so they just thought of it as like a random. They gap. didn't know any better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew better. I was like, "Fuck, you know, you can't do this. <laughs> Try anyway." <laughs> they didn't see Rob Deerdick and Chris Markovich battle for kickflip. Oh yeah, back in the day. Landing is uphill and shit too. Like, you know, you see in that on video they talk about the uphill landing, but when you're there, I was yeah. like, is the landing uphill? So I really like. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, yeah. But the weirdest thing about that gap, I reckon, is because it it kind of goes flat and then down. You know, so you got to create. Yeah, it's just like a mound. You know, and it goes down. I, don't know, I thought yeah. that was kind of weird, but some shit got done on that thing. Eh? It's so gnarly. Oh yeah. People will probably think, look at it now like that's fucking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking first spot I think of the day. Moose ended up doing nolly frontside flip. Yeah, that dude was gnarly. I'm like fucking. I can't keep up what's with what's been done now, man. It's too much. Yeah, that's why Safe is here. Yeah, you need people like you. you gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta. Encyclopedia. You, know? you can tell because he actually like gets angry when he can't. He doesn't know who did it. He's like. Oh, really? He's like, oh, this shit's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need people like you. you got to consult with someone. Someone has to know. That's a basic <laughs> trick on a legendary spot. I should be able to remember that. I used to be like that back you know, back in those days, and just know every trick that's been done, you know? But, like, yeah. man, it gets, it's insane. It's only taken so much. Yeah, you guessed it. It's box time. Head over to CHPO Brand on Instagram 
and find out the glasses David Jakinda is rocking on their profile. Send your answers into the buntlive at gmail.com. The first correct answer is getting a box full of CHPO brand glasses and watches sent to their very doorstep. CHPO brand, doing it for the people, y'all. So once the Circa video finally came out, it seemed like the whole process had drained the company financially and the team had a bunch of turnover. What was going on for you around that time in terms of sponsorship and spending time in the States versus back at home? I think it, I think Circa was still killing it for a while after that video came out. And uh, a few years later, it got a bit, shit got a bit crazy. Yeah, it was kind of like around that time when like, you know, the financial crisis and all that shit back then yeah. mm-hmm. it was like shit was a bit rocky with everyone i feel like just getting everyone's getting pay cuts and shit so i had i was on my visa and stuff but yeah it's rough man when you live in another country and like if you get a pay cut or something you know you're like fuck what am i gonna do because it's kind of same thing kind of happened with mystery you know it was all around the same time mm-hmm. yeah i didn't have a shoe another shoe sponsor till after i came back to australia yeah i got an Ad- adidas when i came back to Australia. Mm. But yeah, so I was there, I held it out for quite a while with those guys. Like at the end though, I was fucking pretty broke, you know, just living in another country, like not even really making enough to pay rent and stuff. Tape kind of hooked it up a bit, like he kind of helped me out a bit, covered my share of the rent a little bit. So what made you end up deciding to move back home? That for one, not making much money, really, like to live properly. And my visa was up. My visa was coming to an end in 2012. And you got to have, like, if you're going to renew it, you know, you need a company to back you. And, like, yeah, we're going to back this guy if we want to renew it, you know. So I just didn't have that. So I just felt like it was time just to fucking bounce back. And, yeah. It was kind of, like, uh, kind of bummed me out a bit, you know. I was kind of bummed out for a while there. I feel like around those times. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it was all good. I'm kind of glad I moved back, to be honest. Well, I'm real glad I moved back. Shit worked out pretty well in the end. To be honest, it's crazy how like so many people just buying homes they couldn't afford ended up affecting like the skate industry how it did and like everything really. But yeah, Tony Tave for one bought that house and like he shouldn't have bought that house, you know. Like it was fucking yeah. good times and all that, but like yeah, I feel like he went beyond his means, you know, too early. He should have just bought like a mellow house in Long Beach, Long Beach or something, you know. So. Your ender in its time was that back over crook clip. Yeah. This is just a random skate nerd question, but did was that what you would have wanted to be your ender, or did they just nah. make that your ender because Colt was acting a fool at the end? I think it was because it, like, uh, it was a way to fade into his part because I'm pretty sure he has the next part, right? Yeah, it was like a transition. Like, you know, he's clip. like in the... Like a transition, I guess. I guess, yeah. 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 But no, nah, mm-hmm. definitely not back over crook. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I was hot, not saying I wasn't hot when I back overcrooked it, but like it wasn't nothing crazy, you know. I felt like it was more like the transition into that, yeah, um, mm-hmm. into his part. We both watched that part today, and like some of your other tricks right before that are like, yeah, for sure, like, huge yeah, kick crook, nolly front heel, could have been Enders, yeah, for sure, yeah, definitely. I thought, it was, yeah, I, was, I actually thought it was weird too, to be honest, but it made sense. Like if you thought about it, like. Well, it didn't make sense for me to have a good ender. Like, I would have been more stoked to have a good ender, but I see what they were doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> that song, eh? Fuck. I was not 
You know, I didn't see that video till like because I was in Australia when it premiered in in the states. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I had visa issues still going back to then, so I wasn't allowed to come to the states for the premiere and all that. Oh fuck! So they had the pre- big premiere in LA and shit. So I wasn't even allowed to go there. So I met all those Damn. dudes for the Europe part of the trip. You know, so that was the first time right. I even saw the video or knew anything about it. You know, but yeah, I, s- I remember hearing. I was like, oh, what's this song? I don't know. <laughs> I remember it was like I was sitting next to John Alley in the. It grew on me in the theater. Yeah, it kind of grew. Like after a while, I was like, ah. But back then, like you know, I'm like fucking yeah. Tang and shit. Like yeah, listen to shit like that, you know. <laughs> like, then this fucking <laughs> just some chick wailing and just like I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people like it though, I guess. But yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It kind of fucked me too. I reckon. I wish I had a bit more input in that whole selection. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I probably would have chose something whack. Worst thing about that video by far was how they removed Grant after he toured the war- the world with you guys filming for it. Yeah. I'll never forgive them for that one. No. Unforgivable. It's kind of <laughs> fucked, man. I feel like there was a lot of... <laughs> unforgivable. That's safe. Is Circa out there looking for your forgiveness now? <laughs> Yo, trust me, they ain't getting... <laughs> hey, man, I had nothing to do with it, bro. I had nothing to do with it. Grant's a homie. I want all the fucking homies in the video. Of course. For sure. But I feel like there was a few dudes, there was a few guys like that, I feel like, you know, like, but Grant was like, I feel like the top of the list, you know, he was like on pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't even know, I feel like, to me, he felt like he was on, because we were like traveling around the world and shit and doing shit, yeah. but yeah, then, I don't know, I don't know who calls these shots, there's always a higher yeah. fucking voice you gotta mm-hmm. answer to. So later on, you got on Skate Metal for a bit, and we remember being stoked to see it, thinking, here we go. Durant's finally going to go pro and drop some new beast footage on us. Yeah. But it didn't last too long. What happened there? This was like, yeah. I mean, I was hyped to get on Skate Metal. That was cool. It was kind of weird, too. I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. When I was actually on, I just didn't know if I felt right. But that was like the writers, like, say, like maybe six months before my visa expired to go back to Australia. Mm hmm. And when I first ever talked to Staber, talked to him on the phone, you know, like bro down with him and stuff. He was, and I was like, yo, yeah, I'm, like I was keen to write for him and stuff, but I was like, man, my visa's going to expire in like six months. It was about six months, I guess, eight months maybe. And he was like, yeah, no worries, bro. We got you and shit. Like in my mind, I thought he was like down to help me renew it and shit, you know. But when it came time, like it was like crickets, nothing really happened, you know. So... um. Yeah, got home, and I was still riding for them and stuff, but just, I don't know, when you go, when you're there, it's different, you know, and then when you come home to Australia, you're like, it's easy to get forgotten about, you know, like, oh yeah, that guy's yeah. probably not doing fuck all, he's just in Australia, I don't know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, and then just slowly, like, it was harder to get boards and shit, and then um, there was one thing I had, like, I had one of those firing lines or something, I think I was like, yeah, it was right. Yeah, it was about the same time. Uh, I think it's firing line in Transworld. I think it's a Thrasher. Yeah, that's a Thrasher thing. Yeah, yeah. Ask questions. One of the questions was like, "What's one of the worst trends in skateboarding or whatever?" And I said something like, "Oh, skaters not getting paid." Like I meant like people, like companies not paying the riders. You know that they meant like skipping payments and shit like that or whatever. Because mm-hmm. it was kind of happening a lot around that time, obviously with all that shit going on. But uh, I think he thought I was talking about them or something. And then next thing you know, oh. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Because I think, like, I didn't get a few skate metal checks or something. Yeah. It wasn't, like, a lot of money or anything. It was, like, 
not much, but still something. I'm grateful for anything I've got, you know. But, yeah, I don't know, just kind of fell apart. Don't really know what else yeah. to say about it, hmm. really. But it was cool, like, fucking sick company. Stable was a pretty wild dude. I don't know, he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, there's a few wild experiences where I was like, oh, this guy's kind of crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. No, it was good. I don't regret anything about anything, you know. I'm grateful yeah, yeah, for yeah. any, like, opportunity I've ever had skating, you know. It was good times. There's always, like, some kind of good times involved with anything you're involved with, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if it's bad times, it's a lesson learned. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It all happens for a reason. So. But, yeah, after that, I didn't have a board sponsor for a long time. A couple of years, maybe. Yeah, so at this point, you're back home, and like you were saying, you felt like people maybe were forgetting about you. Like, if you're not in the States, your presence falls off a little bit. Yeah, um, exactly. What, what, what was, the, like, the next steps there for you back home? When I got home, um, like I was saying earlier, when I got home, I started running for Adidas through Australia. It was, like, an Australian. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually, like, the Australian team manager, Chris McLean, um... He hit me up when I was still riding for Circa when I was living in America, right? Like, say, six months before. And shit was real on the rocks with Circa. But I was like, no, I'm just going to stick it out, you know? Because I was like, you know, I want to stay loyal and shit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anyway, at the end of the day, I got kicked off. So, fuck it. Oh, I didn't get kicked off. I just got, like, cut pay. And I was like, all right, this is over. Um, so I said no at first. But then when I got back, he hit me up again. I was like, yeah, I'm fucking down. Fuck it. I'm keen. Um, Hell, yeah. not saying that I'll... It's like I wasn't into Adidas that's why I didn't do it or some shit but it was like a last resort or something but it was just like I was just trying to be loyal you know um, mm-hmm. but yeah it got on and it was I don't know it was just hype I was sick I was like just with the Australian crew and shit you know just skating with all those dudes and it kind of eventuated when the um, they did a, an Adidas trip over here like not mu- not that much longer after I got on maybe a few months after and all those dudes came out and stuff, so got to go, got to meet them dudes and go on tour around Australia and skate with those dudes. And yeah, I think after that, like after a little while after that, I kind of, you know, I think I Chris McLean pushed me a lot. You know, he got got me on in on in with those dudes to go on a couple of trips to like Europe and stuff. So I kind of felt like tag along kind of shit for a while there, but you know, I kind of. Feel like I did alright, you know. Got some shit, got some clips and stuff. So those guys got kind of hyped, and uh, yeah, ended up getting on like international, which was pretty sick. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah. You also ended up getting on Element Australia, and Element gave you a pro board in 2016, which was way overdue in our minds. What was that experience like for you? Um, it was cool. It was like you're saying, like it was overdue, kind of. Not saying personally, I was overdue. I should be pro ages ago or some shit. Mm-hmm. But the first time I ever talked about pro boards was like, now that I think about it, it's probably way too early, but it was like pop board days. Like, we are talking about, someone was like talking about giving me a pro model and shit. I can't remember who I was talking to. Maybe it was one of the head dudes anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was in the talks, you know, but that all fell apart. Everything like fell apart at the wrong times, you know. Even mystery or something could have been like something along the lines yeah. there. And like just a string of bad luck, you know. So it was like, oh, I'd always hear that question, when you turn pro and shit. I got, I mean, I was just like getting sick of hearing that shit. I was like, I don't know if I, I don't know, I guess I'll, it's not up to me. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, but just to have that, like, it was cool because uh, the whole Element program was pretty cool. Like, it was just like Element Australia, but it was kind of like the international kind of vibe too, you know, but the Australian part of it, but it was all just like homie vibes too. So it was sick. Like, 
all the Australian team, fucking all my good homies. So I was pretty hyped. I was hyped to have that, you know. Obviously, I would have been hyped to have a fucking pro board back in the day. That would have been sick. But yeah, yeah. I feel like I just had to, you know, just like, oh man, got to do it now. And anyone who's like followed your skating, like obviously knows you're on the level of a pro, but it was literally just bad luck with the... What your sponsors were going through, like it wasn't even you. You were producing, yeah. It was just the actual companies, so for sure. I mean, There's always talk of it. Better, so, better yeah. late than never, but for sure, you, for sure. you should have been pro way before. Didn't quite tick my fucking expectation box, you know, like in a born and element Australia, you know. But it's yeah, all good. Yeah. But that's what it is. But still, whatever. Hey, I'm yeah, back no. to no board again, so <laughs> it's all good. Oh, really? <laughs> no, that shit went bust like last year or whatever they pretty much like kicked off everyone and shit it was pretty yeah, yeah element man they just like i love all those dude all the homies like all the riders and shit but elements done this shit before you know they go through cycles yeah just like get around on start a good team where you're like fuck this is sick again and then catches later making some other business moves much love to all those dudes though didn't know that that that's too bad yeah but uh it's all good Hey, you're a free agent, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I remember when uh, Mason Silva came on as a free agent, and we were like, "Yo, Jim, you know what? You know what to do. You know what to do." And next thing you know, he's on real. That's rad. It's all thanks to us that Mason's on real, basically. <laughs> Damn. You better have <laughs> fucking called you up and said thank you. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. Mason's fucking amazing. Bro, he's so good at skating. He's incredible. He's one of those dudes you see skate and it's like, well, it's like uh, impressive, you know. Like, there's good skaters and shit, but when you, you know, like, have you ever seen Westgate skate? He's that guy. Mm. You know, it's impressive to see, like, well, this guy's got pop. He's like a little dude and just like fucking power. Yeah. So good. Mason's like that, I feel like. But yeah, with boards and shit, we're kind of like in the talks with some of the homies back here about maybe starting something up. But um, it's just early days right now, but... Nice. Which should be good. Hey, man, in today's, like, skate landscape, it's more common than ever. For sure, yeah. These small board brands are more successful than ever. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I just want to skate with my homies and shit, eh? And uh, I think it'll be dope. That's what it's about. It's going to be good. Once it pops big time, you know, I'm actually a free agent myself, so, you know... (laughs) international box to your boy fuck send that tape in bro let's fuck it <laughs> i'll be the fucking tape reviewer mate oh yeah send <laughs> that tape dog fuck you want you a got, tape you got what it takes let's see <laughs> i thought i thought i already made a good enough impression to just and get not that your box. Box. <laughs> not no, your we- memory screen career highlights <laughs> you want some, that new new now we'll put you on bro you want some new new <laughs> <laughs> Get me some filmer wheels and I could cruise down the street. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we, I'll put you on top of the list. That's the first tape on top of the what? fucking pile, bro. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> first international <laughs> rider. We'll make an exception. <laughs> so traditionally, your board brand turns you pro, but you already had your name on an Adidas shoe and Thunder Trucks before the Element Board. So who technically turned you pro? Um, yeah, that's a fucking crazy situation. I don't think that ever happens too often, eh? <laughs> no. Uh, the shoe was the, it was a colorway, you know, Adidas, they don't do it so much now, but like, they used to do, um, colorways with like the, the international dudes, like Chewy Cannon and, uh, Roll Navarro and Klaus, heaps of people had them, but yeah, 
Anyway, I got one of those, which is fucking sick. Um, but yeah, that's I got my name on a shoe. So I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. I feel like it's... um. That's so sick in Adidas <laughs> shoe too, man. That's huge. Oh, man. Yeah. Amazing. You know what's the craziest part is like going, being on the other side of the world and then seeing someone wearing it. That's the most... Like, Twisted. I remember yeah. being in Barcelona. I saw it a few times. I just can't remember the other times. But And some chick skater was wearing my shoe at... Uh, Cool. Uh, parallel. What? You know, but like the whole time, like, well, she's wearing my shoes. What the fuck? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of random, bro. And like, even just like being somewhere, like I was in Melbourne on the tram and we were just cruising past and I saw some dude walk along with my shoes on and shit, my colorway. That's so sick. It's just a, you know, it's just a crazy feeling to have that, you know. You save a couple of those? Yeah, I do. I do have a few that like stored away. I probably got like five or six pairs or something. I gave a few to my homies and gave one to my brother and that to hold on to. Oh, that's so sick. I wonder if there's people out there that saw them and were like, damn, Kevin Durant left Nike. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they actually um, spelt something wrong on the shoe. It was like, it was obviously just like a little misprint or something, but it said skateboarding like at the top. Like (laughs) they left out an R at the top. No. Yeah, skateboarding. Obviously, it was just like a little defect, but. I don't think too many people... I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just on the sample ones because I got samples uh, first, you know, but that was like... Yeah, what? I don't know. I, I don't know if it actually so, came out like that. What Adidas shoe is it? It was the um, Addy Ease. Remember those? Like the classic, like the main shoe like a while back. I don't even know if they oh. still make them, to be honest. It was like the basic kind of... The real basic shoe. Like Space slim kind of... Yeah. Kind of slim kind of shoe. But that was sick. Hmm. Yeah, the trucks too. That came before the board as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's a little pro truck. Pretty sure it came before the board. But yeah, pro truck on Thunder was pretty cool. Like, it's just in Australia, but still, it was pretty cool to have that. That goes to show you how overdue your pro board was when other companies are like, fuck it, like, we're getting his name on some shit. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah you're like you're sick of waiting for this shit you may as well just put his name on something make him feel fucking a little better nah nah I'll stick though I'm super grateful for those opportunities um the trucks I gotta thank heaps to um Ben Ventress at Project Distribution he distributes like Thunder and all that I think he like you know put in a good word and they're keen to do it you know hell yeah shouts to Ben yo we know Ben good friend of the show oh Mike Lowry at Mike Lowry at Project, two shout-outs, because I know he's listening to this. He's, like, your biggest fan. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Sick. So we love going behind the scenes on our favorite clips. Can you tell us a little bit about the three-flip nose blunt sesh? The three-flip nose blunt sesh. I think I went there. Might have tried it twice, like, two different times, I think, maybe. And I think, uh, who was there? Ryan Allen was shooting, obviously. And it was just like kind of like I forget his name, Pat somebody. But he's like kind of just like a random filmer. He wasn't like working for someone or anything like that. Oh no 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 the tray that's the kickflip back nose one. Sorry. No Mike Gilbert filmed that tray flip nose blunt. And there was a bit of a story about that actually with Chad Fernandez. Oh let's get it. What? I think that <laughs> I don't know if it's real or not, but it. A lot of indications that it could have been real. But uh, I think he might have heard that I tried it or something. Because he used to do that trick too, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I think I tried it the one time, you know. And I feel like maybe he heard that I tried it. Maybe he went there to try it. But the next, the second time I went there, he was there. So I don't know. Like, 
I don't know if he was just done skating or he was about to skate and we rocked up, you know. It could be complete bullshit, but I'm pretty sure I heard this story. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know, that's kind of weird. He witnessed you do it? I, fuck, I don't know if he was there for when I actually landed or not, but he was definitely there when I rocked up and I tried it for that, that time that I actually landed it, you know. He might have been there when I did it. But anyway, I did that shit, so I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's crazy like that in America. Like, you have to be fucking get your shit in real quick, eh? Mm-hmm. Someone's coming for it, yeah. Was that some Costin inspiration? I can't remember how long between the two of them came out was. I think it was pretty close, to be honest. Uh, this was definitely before mine, for sure. But I've done them down park rails and shit. I'd always want to do right. that trick, not because of Costin, but day one. Day one, you used to always do tray flip mm. nose blunts and shit. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? So I was always like... yeah. I used to fuck around, just like lock him in on curbs and shit like that. But Costin wasn't the reason I learned that trick, but I saw that he did that trick and I was like, fuck, I gotta do this shit somewhere. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah, it was crazy. The, um, it came out in the mag, I think it could be Transworld or something, Thrasher, but there was a tray flip, my tray flip nose blunt. The next page was Chris Cole's tray flip nose blunt down, I think that rail's like in Philly or something, that gold one. I think it's gold. I've never actually been there, but it looks like, a sick rail. Opened it up and it was like, oh, sick. I had Popple Rad. It was. And then I turned over the page, Chris Gollard, a tray flip nose blunt for like a mm. fallen ad or something. I'm like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. What's going on here? I back to back. I don't know what that was all about. Yeah. Yeah, it was like back to back, like literally. Mine came out real quick though, the footage, because that was on that same first trip over there. And I swear, like, got back to Australia, the magazine was already out and shit. It was in the Pop War teaser video, which pretty much came out when I got home. And it was also a 4 one opener, actually. So all that shit happened real quick. Can you take us behind the scenes on the fake you flip switch front crook, the blue electrical box? I feel like that was way ahead of its time when you did it. And I, it was also your skate mental ad, right? Yeah, that was a, that ended up being a skate mental ad. That's right, I forgot I had that ad. Um, dude, that's like the best spot. That's like one of my favorite spots ever. It's so rare to get a spot like that, you know, like this perfect thing you can make up and down, like you raise it up and shit and you're like, damn, that's good. That's insane. Perfect metal ledge, out ledge. But yeah, behind the scenes, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if I ever tried it before that or anything. I think I just, maybe that was, I had that trick pretty good at the time. And I was like, man, I got it. I know the exact spot I'll do this trick, you know. I think Bart Jones shot it and Tave was there. No, yeah, I don't know much of a story about the whole sesh, but uh, I was pretty fucking hyped to do it, that's for sure. One of my favorite tricks that I accomplished. Yeah, I just remember being blown away when that one came out, because that would be just a sick trick on a ledge. I mean, people do them here and there nowadays, but I just remember, like, I don't think I'd ever seen it even on a ledge, and then you did it on that thing of all spots. I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was shocking. Damn, it's crazy you guys remember that, man. That's sick. I'm glad you guys saw that. Um, I was yeah I'm fucking hyped on it to this day if I did that now I'd be super hyped I was <laughs> just as hyped as back then I'd be 10 times more hyped yeah, you could pretty much flip into anything especially fakey flip <laughs> yeah I feel like I could still do that shit couple years under the belt now but I reckon I still got it <laughs> haven't done them in a while but yeah fakey flip I did a few fakey flip tricks in the shit mm-hmm. alright one last one you nolly frontside 180 flip nose grinded a hubba. It's pretty damn rare in the world of skating, man. Take us behind the scenes on that. Man, best hubba ever that I ever <laughs> skated in my life. 
that's like in Brisbane. It was like the best spot ever. It was like the biggest bust in the world though. It was like, you go there, you got to be ready and do your trick like quick because you know security's already like being called on their way and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Usually you're lucky to get like 10 minutes there if that. And um, I actually learned that... Tr- well, I didn't even learn it, to be honest. But I could do nollie flip no slides real good, obviously, back then, like, to even try that. But uh, earlier that day, we were, like, skating at a completely different spot, and there was just, like, a little curb at the spot. And I just, like, oh, I wonder if this trick would work. Like, nollie flip to the way he knows run. We just locked in first try. I was, like, that just got me that hyped. I'm, like, fuck, let's go to that spot now. I can do this. <laughs> you know, it just gave me that little bit of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Cause I, but um, I had no idea I could just land it that quick. Like, you have to do it quick at that spot. So I don't, I can't really remember how quick it was. But I remember rolling away, and the security car was on its way up, about to fucking kick us out. Damn! Wow. But um, under pressure, figured man. it out that day. That's one of those spots. I used to, bro. I was a keen bean, eh? Back in the day, I used to get up at like four a.m. and shit to go skate there and shit. Like with the homie, be there right at sun. The sun's coming up. Already skating it and shit. Like this is way before that. <laughs> But yeah, it was one of those spots you have to go there Christmas Day and shit. Ryan Allen actually came over and stayed with me for like a month, like after my first trip to America. He came over that Christmas, and I dragged him over there. I dragged him that spot on Christmas Day <laughs> to Damn. skate it and shit. Wow. Yeah, bro. What a trooper. Just one of those spots, you know. You gotta get in there when you can. But um, yeah, it's caps. Yeah, you did a bunch of shit on that thing. Yeah, I wasn't finished, eh? I wanted more. It's capped now. It's been capped for years. And it was like a rough grind. Like, you have to wear that shit in, like, old fucking granite shit. Mm-hmm. But, man, I want to un- uncap that and have one last fucking glory ride down Dude, there. Dude, you shut that thing down already, man. <laughs> it's just a per- it's just such a good hub like, it's rare they did the skate world a, a favor capping that thing yo you, you finished <laughs> it off I always want to do the nollie back heel like to my oh, nose run down you know? damn it was all like oh, I did the nollie I did nollie heel front nose down and shit but like damn I wanted to try the nollie back heel but yeah it just didn't work out mm-hmm. but the nollie front side flip one TX did one too man that's a good company to be in you and TX TX did do one, eh? Like in uh, that little hover in uh, Spain or something. I remember that. Yeah, he did it. He I think did that switch flip front 50180. Yeah, that's right. He did it so fucking good. Maybe that played in my mind a little bit. Like Rodrigo did that trick, so it's possible, you know? I don't <laughs> know. I can't really remember the whole process, but I was pretty hyped to actually just lock, lock it in on a curb that day and then go fucking do it down that thing, you know? That's crazy. Before getting kicked out. I might be misremembering this. Ryan could confirm, but. When I went to stay with Colt that time, he had Jimmy Carlin sponsor me. And I was in my last year of high school. And he had Jimmy Carlin sponsor me, which was insane. He, like, double flipped Carlsbad and did all this crazy shit. Yeah. And I think he had, like, a bunch of your footage. And he showed me these things. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I have no chance at making it in skating. <laughs> if, these, if these are these guys sponsor me, he's like, yeah, this is this Jimmy Carlin kid. He doesn't have any sponsors and this is his tape. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's fucking so good. That's crazy, man. But yours too. Like your Nolly Nose Manny Nolly Tray flip from its time and like a bunch of other old footage was in there and I was blown away. Bro, I think that's the only fucking manual trick I've ever filmed in my life in a pod <laughs> or anything. You know? And I swear, like, what's all mate's name? The fucking... Many criticizing guy. Oh, where you'd be like, oh yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you would fucking probably burn me for that one. I reckon. I feel like <laughs> I don't know if it touched, but it was like fucking 
Those millimeters in it, I reckon. That shit was clean as shit. <laughs> He's too busy to be looking over people's manuals these days. He's trying to get into the... Tony Hawk pro skater game is what he's trying to do. Oh, really? Fuck. Damn. <laughs> he's got some character he's created and people are signing petitions for him now. Damn. Oh, really? Yeah. He's just going to have the Fuck. Manny Powerball like yeah. higher. <laughs> when you... This, this, <laughs> the stats are going to be manual. Fucking green. <laughs> so, over here at the Bunt, you know, we feel like you've been grossly underrated your whole career. Man's out here doing fakie flip switch back over crooks on out rails the question is do you have another full part up your sleeve the people definitely want it bro i'm down i'm down you know the hardest thing is here is like getting a good filmer or like a filmer to film with but i'm keen i'm down i mean i reckon i still got a little left in the tank mate to put out a whole nother part let's go <laughs> you got some I'm gas keen. i got some gas ready but yeah we just need that that keen fucking filmer right behind me ready to mm-hmm. go it's hard to i gotta like my homie Kane. he films and shit like that's my go-to guy but he just had a baby and stuff you know so he's like he's like working and it's tough you know people have jobs here it's hard to you know it's not like in america or wherever you get people get paid to film yeah here it's just like man you gotta whenever the homies aren't working or whatever that's when you can film in brisbane anyway there's a few filmers in australia that make a living from it but yeah, just means I gotta travel. Dude, we've said it before, but massive shouts to all the skate filmers out there, man. Especially the ones who aren't doing it, aren't getting paid, just doing it for the love. Yeah, it's for the love, eh? You need those guys because they're the ones that make dreams happen, eh? Yep. Like when you're starting out, I had that when I was younger and shit. Like, you need that mm-hmm. real keen young dude that's just like so juiced on filming and stuff. Yeah. I feel like once they get like, you know, get a bit of a rep, they start to get a bit like, fussy and shit you're doing and shit you know but like when you just got that <laughs> yeah. little homie he's like i'll film anything you know and that kind of feel like it just i don't know you get more juice kind of and you're like all right get comfy because i'm gonna try a manual and we're gonna be here all day yeah <laughs> when it's too serious like fuck i better fucking do some shit yeah but that's good too you, you need that too mm-hmm. otherwise it's too easy just to chill and take it easy especially when you get older dude the yeah. funny thing about well, there's nothing funny about the like quarantine, but the like in terms of skating is I feel like it was deemed illegal to film yourself on like a tripod. Yeah. With like your iPhone and now that's become like so popular because everyone's like sure. in isolation skating by themselves. What else so can you do? So, eh? We're all so used to seeing that <laughs> tripod footy now. Like, yeah. For sure. It's like it gets boring though skating by yourself, you know. Like I can skate in my backyard. Like I got a bench and shit out there, two benches. But oh, sick. it's dope. I love it. Been skate. Been living here for quite a while now. But you know, skating by yourself for like it's different. How that whole time that she was gone, like after mm. a few sessions, I'm like, oh, this ain't the same, eh? Need some homies around. Speaking of homies and and the brotherhood, word is your brother was quite the shredder himself. Oh. What's his story, and does he have any footy we can peep? Bro, it'd be hard to find footage of him, eh? But fuck, he was the man. He was doing shit. Like, he was the one. I was just the little brother. <laughs> um, no, nah, that's how I see it anyway, my big brother. But um, I feel like we're both doing it. Like, there's nothing better than having a brother that is, like, just as hype as you to skate and fucking just get better, you know? Because, like, yeah. it's, it's like having your best mate with you 24-7 just skating, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Don't need anyone else. 
But um, man, he was doing shit back in the day. Like he's he was ahead of his time, bro. He's doing. I remember seeing him like doing switch foot front crooks and shit down park covers back Jeez, in the day. What like, the hell? He'd switch foot front nose down sh- like the park covers, switch foot front boards and stuff. Damn. Switch foot crooking. He's doing switch foot crooking. Uh, switch foot crooks and shit way from my ass. He was like, man, he was like killing it. Back, this is like 2000, 2000, 2001 and shit. Holy shit. And then he, um, he kind of cooked his back. Like he had back problems. So he had to like, uh, fuck. yeah, like got to the point where he couldn't skate too much more. You know, like he had, to, he had to chill for a couple of years. But like the whole time that I was like, well, not the whole time, but like when I was over in the States and shit, you know, he was like skating a bit, like just chilling, skating parks, but fucking just ripping it. Still could just like he's that guy that can just not skate. Like he skated over here a couple months ago or whatever. He just came. He hadn't, hadn't even stepped on his board for like six months or whatever. And I have this like real long flat bar round rail. He just like front feebled and shit like the whole thing. Like just going in, like not even warming up. Man, if I have a week off skating. I'm like, man, the loins are tight. I need to fucking loosen these things up. He's just like all in there. But yeah, it's pretty, I don't know, I feel like even now, like he has kids and stuff, you know, and he works a lot, so it's hard to get him out, but. Yeah. Does he have a part? Uh, there was never really a full part of him. Like we had heaps of footage home, like we'd always go up, we had a little high 8 camera and shit. We had all this footage on this computer and it fucking shit itself, so that's all gone. But he had a few tricks in uh this uh my homie's video northern lights that was before came out before i went to the states like 2003 or something well, i was just watching that before before yeah. we started recording he has a couple <laughs> tricks in like the friend section yeah just a couple tricks he does this kickflip front tail on this out ledge like a pretty famous out ledge here huh. which is still pretty to this day like pretty fucking gnarly to this day like i wouldn't even I can do kicky front tails every now and then, but that shit is scary as fuck mm-hmm. to do, like, on an outledge, like, way back then. It's pretty insane. But, yeah, he was, like, kind of, like, you know, I was super bummed that he couldn't skate anymore. It's kind of, like... Yeah. What's his name? What's his first name? Uh, Darren. Darren Durant. Sick. But yeah. It's, He's... like, when you got a big brother and that happens, you know, like, he couldn't skate anymore. My, my, like, I always wanted to, like... I'm not trying to impress nobody and shit, but, like, you know, I always, like... Hopefully Daz is hype. We call him Daz, but, like, you know gets his approval you know like trying to, that's the only person i'll try and impress and shit you know like yeah. with my new footage and shit you know like coming out and shit like yeah but yeah yeah super bummer what happened but he still got it I'll try and get him out for a film part some gastrics at least i want to put out a whole new part one of these days man i feel like the last few years it's just been kind of like dribs and drabs you know like there'd be the all these little projects like element like mm-hmm. not full projects but like short videos and shit like i'd have a little bit in the adidas video and the element video there's like a little bit just dribs and drabs you know yeah yeah i need to put out fucking pop so you've been on some trips with some characters can you tell us some tales of the road with tony tave and eddie wall oh eddie wall that's my fucking homie tave obviously too but um you guys know eddie is right he was like a pro snowboarder back in the day and I guess he, he used to ride for, like, you know, Circa, they're under four-star distribution. Mm-hmm. Not, like, four-star clothing, but four-star distribution. They had all these snowboard brands and shit, too, but he was, like, a rider. So he was, like, good friends with Baby Ice, the um, team manager. Sick. So we'd, we were doing these fucking trips to Europe and shit, and I think one of them, he just, like, tagged along or something. Somehow, maybe Baby Ice invited him or something. 
at first I was like, why is a snowboarder dude on this trip? That's it's kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, he ended up being the coolest motherfucker ever. He's like the man, one of my fucking good fr- good mates now. Eh? But yeah, traveling is like fucking tons of shenanigans, eh? Back in those days, just with that whole circuit crew, that was like wild times. I know I said mm-hmm. it before, but fuck, they circuit used to be pretty crazy to be a part of, especially those times. I don't know, it's like almost more fucking party based, eh? It was fucked. <laughs> Not <laughs> fucked, but it was pretty... Now I'm thinking about it, man. I probably would have made it so much further in skating if I wasn't doing that shit. <laughs> Maybe that's why my pro board never happened. No. Oh. I feel like... No, the boys got like a bit... I don't know. A bit sidetracked with the fucking partying a bit, I think. Especially Europe. I always think about those Europe trips. They were fucking gnarly. Just month-long trips, just traveling nonstop. What else are you going to do, you know? skate and party that's what you do when you're young if you're not doing that then what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> gotta live your life <laughs> of course I mean it's dope to be like I was a skate fucking oh we're not skating right now oh. you know but then I don't know you learn to loosen up a bit after a while and just like fuck you gotta have fun too for sure even though skating even though skating's fucking fun as fuck but yeah you gotta live your life you only live once and now that I think back at it those are like the funnest times of my life so i'm not regretting nothing hell yeah so we heard you made an investment into your homie's app not sure if that homie was josh rio but uh josh rio it was josh rio how did that play out where's my money motherfucker oh (laughs) well nah i don't know where josh rio is these days man he's like last i heard he's in like fucking columbia or some shit i don't even know i don't know what what he's up to but that was my good homie and shit like i invested with all investing in his like idea you know i had all good faith and he was doing it he was trying to do it and shit but it was like some internet shit like uh social media it was kind of before social media really popped off too much like it is now you know mm-hmm. but i liked his ideas and shit it was going somewhere but um yeah it just never really panned out now i don't know where the fuck he is <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> I thought he was in I know, I gave, I, know I gave him some money and I'd kind of wouldn't mind some of that money now but <laughs> hey it's all good invest in some other dumbass fucking app shit too back in the day Dave fucking talked me into um, <laughs> so, yeah I don't know where that money is either <laughs> you were doing it so long ago if you had hit maybe it was worth the risk obviously it didn't pan out but like back in those days back in those days yeah if you got the right one yeah. Now it'd be like something, you know, you never know. But yeah. Just don't invest in your homies shit, I feel like is a good uh, good bit of advice. Unless you know it's real solid, you know. <sighs> Rio and Tave, man, where's the money? Yeah. Or oh, oh Tave doesn't have the money. It was like one of the other homies, you know. Oh okay. But he, okay. he one of his connections that was starting some shit. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's all good. I'm not bitter about it. It's all under the bridge. If I'm remembering correctly, Rio was like quite the player on on myspace so he was probably trying to make like his own myspace mm-hmm. or some shit yeah for sure <laughs> trying to try start something new so he can get laid <laughs> he should have he came up with fucking tinder what was he doing Dude, <laughs> would have been the imagine? fucking one <laughs> oh, i'm surprised he didn't fucking think of that so jokes. yeah it's so funny I, like Rio was like fucking one of my best homies back then and uh when I first met him, he was stony as fuck. Like, girls weren't even a thing. Like, he wasn't even thinking about chicks and shit. Just skating and smoking weed. But uh, he started, you know, he quit. I think he quit weed and started drinking and shit. And then I think that turned into, oh, there's girls and shit out there. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happens. But yeah, no, 
I still love you, Rio. <laughs> Fucking hit me up. Hit me up. <laughs> I'll find you. We heard you lived with Taves' uncle at one point. What was that time period like? Oh, uh, yeah. That was a fucking shit show. Nah, that was cool. It was like kind of <laughs> like the time where shit was gone. <laughs> that was when um, Tave like lost his house and stuff, you know? So we're like... And the financial crisis shit was hitting, you know? So we were getting pay cuts and shit. So we're like... I was like struggle street, kind of, you know? I didn't have much money and shit. But yeah, he's like, oh, my uncle said we can live there. Like he lived in San Pedro, Palos Verdes kind of area. Palos Verdes is real nice, but it was like right on the border niceness and kind of a little bit ghetto kind of mm-hmm. it was a happy medium anyway but it was a nice fucking house i had like a bamboo forest in the back with a mini ramp and shit damn um yeah i should have skated that thing more fucking shit out the tranny eh? but yeah when we actually first moved in like we made the move like packed up the truck and shit because like tape said yeah we're all good to move in and old mate was like his uncle was going through a divorce at the time with this fucking nutcase chick and uh so we get all that shit to the house the new house and get it all unpacked into the new spot and the crazy wife rocks up and is like what are you guys doing what the hell do you think he's doing like just going off at us like you guys are not moving in here no way in hell like like he didn't talk his name is frankie the uncle it wasn't even his real uncle it was like the you know like when you gotta he was like his dad's best mate kind of uh oh, you know so not like a real uncle not blood <laughs> uncle but he was a he's an uncle he was a fucking he was a loose cannon anyway. He was fucking crazy. <laughs> but he was the man too at the same time. But anyway, we got all our shit unpacked, came over and started fucking losing our shit at us like crazy. So we ended up having to pack all our shit back in the truck and fucking drive it all the way back down to Orange County and uh-huh. unload it all back. Because t- Tape still had the house at the time. Like it was about to be foreclosed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had to do that and fucking stay put for a second and then... Like a week later, she calls up Tave and like, hey, it's it's okay if you guys come and move in. Like, I don't know what happened, but we ended up fucking moving back, moving all the shit way back there again. <laughs> oh, it was a shit show. <laughs> it was fucked. Jesus. I never moved so much in my life. It was fucked. But uh, it all worked out and shit. Like, it was sweet for a while. But yeah, his dad was just like a, I mean, not his dad, um, Frankie, Frankie Ross, we call him. He's just a bit of a loose cannon, like kind of split personality, you know. One day he's like, it was like eggshells, like, yeah. What kind of mood is this cunt gonna be in today? Is he pissed <laughs> off, or is he gonna be? <laughs> is he gonna be happy, or is he gonna be pissed off? I don't know. Every day, just eggshells. Just all right. I'm creeping out the door now. See you later. Yeah, uh, and yeah. but yeah. And it, anyway, like, the, it came to the point where like I had all my Aussie homies over staying. They came over and stayed. I invited them all over, like the three of them or whatever, staying on the couches and sh- I can understand like why Frankie kind of lost it because, you know, imagine you own a house and there's fucking yeah. three Aussie cunts just fucking sitting and sleeping all on your shit. I don't know. I think just one day he like lost it about because someone lost a, uh, left a Burger King cup on the table. Like it was that to that point, you know, like yeah. eggshells. And he just lost it at me or something and I just like, I lost it at him and I was like, nah, fuck you and just like, fuck you. Just fully went off the cunt and then just ended up getting you know that was the end of that like i had to fucking <laughs> move my shit we were pretty much homeless bro we like like all my aussie home they just like it was in the start of their trip you know to come to the come to the states like uh, yeah come stay with me and then that shit popped off and like all right what do we do now uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, damn. bro it was pretty like we weren't broke but we weren't fucking rich we didn't just have a place to go so we were just like cruising around it's kind of hard when you got like four homies with you you know you can't be just like yo can we stay at your house you know it's kind yeah. of like we're all on our 
and I wasn't going to ditch people and be like, all right, guys, I wasn't going to ditch them and be like, yo, you got to find your own way now. <laughs> so we're all in it together. We're all in it together, you know, so. But it ended up being fucking fun, bro. We just, like. Made it work. Just Were they skaters? Just winged it. We'd meet chicks or whatever. I was single at the time, obviously, but, you know, you'd meet a chick and, like, that was tonight's accommodation or whatever for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but. We were skating. We were fucking skating heaps, like, you know, because you had no choice. You're like, all right, we're awake. Let's go skate. We'd stay in, like, um, dodgy hotels and shit, like, in Hollywood and stuff a little bit. Like, dodgy ones, you know, like the motel. You know those ones? The, yeah. yeah. The old school vibe ones. Just who shit like that. I don't know. Who were the skaters? Or, like, who were your friends? Um, it was my homie, Alex Lawton. He's Aussie fucking sick skater. He's my good homie. Damn, I just mentioned him on the pod the other day for... One of the most underrated dudes. Yeah, he is for sure. He's fucking talented as fuck. He's the man. It's my good homie. Um, who else was there? It was Tommy, Tommy Finn. My other homie, Tim Black. He was like, he shoots photos and stuff. He lives over in the States now, actually. He met an American chick and he has a baby and all that. And my other homie, Kane, he was like the filmer. And he just had a baby too, actually. Everyone's fucking popping Damn. Babies. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Because we had, you know, we'd wake up, the film was there, we'd just, like, go skate every day. And it was fucking, we got clips and shit, it was sick. That's a serious squad. It was sick squad. and fucking unpromised as well, you know, like, well, every day it was, like, after the sesh, we're like, all right, where are we sleeping tonight, boys? Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, so we'd have to work out a plan every day, you know? You, Tommy but, Finn, and Alex Lawton, that's serious bangers right there. Yeah, those are my fucking good homies. That's like, that, yeah, you. I've been seeing you and... Tommy Finn put out clips for years. Yeah, Tommy's um he's living in the States for a while. He's like back now, like living back here, so we're skating heaps and shit. Nice. Well not 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 a whole lot lately, obviously, but was that the trip when he kicked crook the red rail? Oh no, that was like way before that. I think that was the first time Tommy ever went to the States. Mm. He was just like a little young buck back then. I sure was but, um, Yeah. I feel like that was like the biggest kick of crook ever back then, eh? Yeah, for sure. So now People, yeah, oh, I'm sure people have done fuck massive ones now, but yeah, still holds up. If I ever kick you crook some shit like that, I'd be pretty hyped. I kick you crook some shit in my time, but that was kind of pretty, pretty <laughs> that decent. Was fucked, yeah. But yeah, we just like, yeah, I mesh with Tommy, you know, we fucking hype each other up, go skate and shit. It's always been like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's good. So, what's next for Dennis Durant? Fuck, just keep skating and shit and uh, continue on his dad life and shit. <laughs> see what's up with this uh, new board shit going on with the homies um, if that yeah. pops off hopefully you guys can uh, get some of those over there in Canada yeah but um, it's all early days now but um, we'll see what happens it should be good though I'll be, I'm hyped you gotta get Kale Nusk involved man oh bro Kale Nusk legend he's like one of the most fucking best skaters come out of Australia for sure one of my favourites anyway it's pretty sad. Like, too, he fucking had heaps of knee problems and shit, which is unfortunate. Hate mm-hmm. that, yeah. But, yeah, absolute fucking legend. He's such a fucking good dude, too. But, yeah, one of my favorite Aussie skaters, for sure. But, yeah, um, just doing that, man. Fishing, bro. I've been... Oh, that's dope. I've always kind of, like, since I've been back, I've taken my boat out and shit. I got, like, I built a boat. I didn't build it, but, like, I refurbished a boat and stuff, you know, so I was, I'm into going out and fishing and shit. But it's it's like up until recently, it's just been like go out, chuck some shit on the end of the fucking hook, and then have a few beers out on the boat. You know, Sick. that's the go. And but yeah, lately I'm just like, man, 
there's more to this. I'm trying to catch these motherfuckers. Dude, it's there. a fucking sport. <laughs> this shit costs money, and I need to fucking... I need to start catching some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've had a fair run. I've caught some shit, but not what, it's, not what I should be. Let's put it this way. If I was a fucking... If I was in a village and I was the fucking provider... I would have fucking been stoned to death a long time ago. Cuts <laughs> to be fucking, cuts to be hungry. <laughs> I'm like, where's our food, man? Oh my god. <laughs> and yeah, skating, man. I just want to skate and fucking. I'm not trying to be as good as like what people are doing nowadays. Those, those days are over, I reckon. Not over, but like, mm-hmm. I only want to be as good as what I can be. You know, like push myself. Yeah. What I know I can do. So I don't know what my part. I don't know what's gonna be in there, but. I'll put out. I always like to put out whatever I'm happy with, you know. Mm-hmm. Couple slappies and power slides. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's like I don't know. Haven't you guys seen lately? That's my new shit. Nah. <laughs> nah. Fuck all that. No, nah, I'll try and do my fucking best. I don't like putting out trash, eh? We'll see what I can do. Oh yeah. These legs still got life. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and this week, it's an honor to be presented by Skaters Vote. Be a voice for change and register to vote. Skaters Vote is helping everyone rolling in the U.S. register to vote. You can follow them at at skatersvote on Instagram, or go to skatersvote.com to register online, get resources on upcoming elections, and more. You can make it happen. Register, research, and keep pushing for positive change. All right, Dennis, it's that time, bruv. Rapid fire. You ready? Rapid fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. Favorite skater? Jeremy Ray. Jeremy Ray and Day One Song. Sick. Favorite video? Day One Song versus Rodney Mullen, number one. Favorite video part? <laughs> Day One Song versus Rodney Mullen, that <laughs> part, number one. And Jeremy Ray as well. Secondhand Smoke and The Revolution. I used to watch that shit on repeat when I was a kid. Sick. Favorite style? Uh, Tom Snape. Have you ever heard of him? Tom Snape? Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Tom Snape. Low-key legend. G. He's the man. It's my homie. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Jeremy Ray and Day One Song. I feel like those were like my fucking heroes. Those are your your dogs, man. J-Ray for like the fucking... Yeah, those are my dogs. (laughs) Um, day one, day one, day one. Um, day one for the pop and shit, and then just like all that shit. It's so sick. I used to love watching his parts, say, eh? and day one's just like tech shit. Like the fakey flip five O's and shit. That's why I do those because of day one, man. Uh, um, yeah. And I still, like, I didn't really realize it till I like watched some of my old footage. I was like, man, kind of really influenced me a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those two are the fucking best. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Let's say Reynolds, bro. I love. I'm just saying Reynolds because he's just the man. He's always been the man. Nice. <laughs> Favorite trick? Just an old-fashioned kickflip. Nice. Love kickflips and nollie back heels. That's probably one of the best feeling tricks ever. Hardest trick for you? Hard flips. Fucking impossibles. That shit mm. is. They live up their name. I can't do any of that shit. I can hard flip once in a blue moon, but I can honestly say, say I've never done impossible in my life. And I've tried. That shit is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Most illegal trick? Double flips. Any kind of double flip, bro. I don't know. I'm not really into double flips. And uh, 
The you know the dolphin flip? That, that's a fucking close tie for first place, I reckon. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? I think that nollie frontside flip to nollie frontside flip nose grind down that hubble. I think that Dude. ticks the boxes for me. Yeah, probably as my favorite trick. That fakey flip switch on crooks a runner up. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Probably something Tave did, bro. I don't know. Tave switch rail heel down this fucking double set. He just like he was at a party. I think the story's been told a few times, but. And he rocked up and he just bring the party. Like we were already at the spot and he just rocked up with the fucking half the party. And he just like, because Lee Dog was like, yo, where you at? And uh, he just rocks up. All right, switch rail heel, fucking third try or some shit. Then he just like, all right, I'm going to cruise back to the party now. Just bounce. <laughs> but man, so much shit like that. There's so many stories like that of Tave, like just three try shit, just like drive two hours to the spot and then just get out of the car. A couple of tries, banger, like gnarly shit. That's like just fucking talented dudes ever talented but doesn't have to fucking work at it you know you just like i'll chill for two weeks or whatever and then i'll just go do some fucking crazy banger ain't no thing what's the one trick that got away uh i always think of this nolly back here i fucking almost got in brisbane it's like this grass gap like basketball court down to another basketball court i went there like the first time i went there like i didn't really i never hucked that shit down a gap ever in my life but i like stomped it like perfectly and i was like rolling away and then i just like lent a little bit and just zung out and i was like so bummed but i went back a few times over the years to try that and just just couldn't pull through a got moked half the times i went back there what's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed probably me i guess just something to do with fucking flying i was on a flight back from europe yeah, it was like Europe. I think it was an Adidas trip. And um, I had a layover in Singapore. And I just thought I had so much more time than I had. And I was like, oh, yeah, because the gate was right near my, right near the bar, kind of. There was a bar right near it, like the lounge where you have beers and shit. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to go have a beer. So I thought I had like an hour and a half or something. And uh, I'm just sitting there drinking my beer. And then I just see my plane fucking take it, like leaving. I was like, wait, what the oh. fuck? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so fuck, man. It was the biggest ordeal. I had to fucking go and... That was, la- that was like the last flight to Australia for the day, so I had to go catch a taxi into the town, which was like an hour or so away, and then buy a hotel. And then I couldn't fly out to like the same time the next night. But it was a bit of a fucking bonte just watching your oh. flight leave, just not even knowing. I was like, <laughs> I was like hey, that's my plane. <laughs> I don't know. That just comes to mind for some reason. What's the last new trick you learned? Maybe a couple of weeks ago on just like my grind box, my ledge that I built, I did a nolly frontside heel flip to switch back 5-0. I guess that's what you would call it. Do you know what oh, I mean? Damn. Like nolly front heel. Yeah. Yeah. Like a nolly front, nolly heel nose one, but a little bit more. Damn. Yeah. yeah. That was the last trick I learned, I think. Early. Dream job after skating. Fuck, man, I'm about to pursue this fishing career, eh? I just got to start catching fish. <laughs> Pro fisherman, sign me up. Favorite local brand? I'm going to go with the skate shop, Parliament Skate Shop, near my... Oh, in Brisbane City. Dope skate shop, dope fucking homies, and they make all kinds of product and shit too, so if you're in Brisbane, go support the homies. Favorite local skater? T-Fin, my homie Joel McIlroy, fucking, he's amazing. And... Legend Aaron Rowe. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but um, he's like my fucking. He's like the 
Jay Ray of Australia to me. You know, he's like the fucking man. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Uh, fuck. I don't really regret anything, hey, but maybe Element. I don't know. It was a bit, just didn't feel right, you know, the whole time. Even though it was dope, like skating for it with my homies and shit and like all my homies and shit. Just Element as a company, you know, just didn't, it's already like, it was always a bit tarnished in my mind. Maybe after they kicked off Tave, they fucked up. I don't know. Or whatever happened with Tave, you know? But mad love to all the homies though. Still got heaps of homies over there. I love all the people that work there and shit, but just as a company, a bit ruthless, to be honest. Favorite teammate ever? I'm going to go with Tave. Worst teammate ever? Maybe Tave again. Maybe Windsor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're my best Windsor. friends. But <laughs> they're my best homies. No. He's just like... It was funny when I was living in the States, like when we lived in the 601 house. Man, he was like on a whole other time zone. Like you would be sleeping when we were awake. He used to wake up at fucking 6 p.m. and go to sleep at 5 a.m., you know? <laughs> Love you, Windsor. Worst company. Element for kicking all my homies off. Oh. Element oh, Australia. <laughs> Element Australia. It's two different things. They just cut us all away. Yeah. We had a good thing going here. They just fucking came in and, yeah, we're done with you boys. See you later. God damn. But no, nah, it was good while it lasted. We need that fucking gunshot right there. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I love yous. I love yous all. Worst trend. I hated that fucking no compliance situation like a few years ago with the sh- jeans that didn't go past your socks. That vibe, you know? I hated that little era. I don't know. I don't even know what you call that, but fuck, it was, it was whack. Worst style. How about Jaws? Jaws is pretty hectic. He's gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> he's gnarly, but fuck, he's hectic. He's like the gnarliest skater in the world. No, yeah, no disrespect, but I just can't relate to his skating at all. So I don't know. He's just too hectic for me. He's got a pretty wild style, I guess. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh. Hey, let's just say Chad Fernandez. Fuck it. <laughs> Chad Fernandez I'm trying to take my trade from those one it all comes back around to Chad Fernandez yeah <laughs> alright y'all that's gonna wrap up our interview with Dennis man we can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your busy day oh uh, thank you boys I'm not that busy <laughs> anytime appreciate you coming on hell yeah thanks for having me much love to everybody out there everyone fucking struggling right now with the fucking shit going on and uh shout out to my homies sponsors and stuff what up thank you for everything appreciate it it is time for the post office we taking their emails voice notes you name it get them in to the bunt live at gmail.com ghost who we got up first man you've got mail First up, we got a voice note from Matt Kelly, big homie from uh, the Bunt Listener League, yo. Let's get it. What's up, Bunt gang? It's Matt Kelly, a.k.a. Traquan Front Smith. The lamest name in the fantasy league. Uh, it's probably why I came in last. Uh, but we all know who really came in last. Don't need to speak no names. But I'm out here doing a line. I got kicked out of everywhere. I'm in some parking lot. And the hardest trick I'm trying to do 
uh, in the line is the last trick in the line because that's how it's supposed to be. And that's when I realized that uh, all those no-comply dudes, the reason why it's so fucking whack is because they fill them in in lines all the time. Like, who really gives a shit if you can no-comply 180? Uh, I don't need to be watching that after you do whatever ledge trick. So um, I'm wondering if you guys have any prime offenders of the lazy lazy end of the line um fucking good luck next year peace yo mac appreciate the voice memo can't think of anyone off the top of my head but uh we definitely back you in terms of when you do land a line that you've been working on for a while you got to go for that victory trick you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. doing like a pop shove or something like that is not gonna make sense after you just do a banging ledge trick or something you got to go for the big flip or the fucking, you know what I'm saying? Big old nollie front heel or something. Enough with the no complies. Yeah, shouts to Mac. Hope you got that line, my dude. Yo, can you hold on? Like my mom's yeah. All right, next up, we got an email from Davis Campbell. Hey, Bunt Gang. First off, I want to thank you boys for consistently putting out these barn-burning episodes. Your work is appreciated worldwide. My question is regarding a trick landed in Toronto last fall. I'm not sure if you boys saw Chocolate's Tony tour video, but I'm wondering if you can confirm or deny whether the last trick of the edit, a huge ollie across the street from Roy Thompson on King Street by Carl Aikens is an NBD. I was fortunate to have been walking past the session on my way to work and saw him get the make. I'm hoping that as Toronto OGs, you can recall any previous tricks, if there are any, that have been done at this spot. I've included a link to the photo below. It was insane to see live. Thanks again, boys. Look forward to the rest of the COVID Chronicles. Davis. Davis, man, took the words right out of my mouth that all he has actually been done. I think it was close to like 10 years ago now. Longer, for sure. You think longer? Bro, 2010, like I was in university. Geo came through when we were still like high school high school so yeah. maybe 15 years ago good homie of ours Gio Namini part of that top dollar crew he did that ollie man we held the doors open for him young Gio came flying through that man was looking for every big gap and railed the ollie over in the city at the time so yeah still a sick trick I don't even think that ollie was used in anything Geo's was it I think it. I think it was. I can't remember where. Maybe like a guest trick in one of Spencer's parts. If you want to look uh, up Geo, like he shared a part with Spencer and Top Dollar, the good homie. But yo, sh- I mean, shouts to Geo for being the first to hit that. But also, can't take away from the guy doing it recently. Like that's such a weird thing to like spot and actually go through with getting the clip. How was he to know Geo did it? So I give them both mad props because that's a. I went. I think I talked about this on the pod. I went up there to look at it somewhat recently to see if I could switch Ollie it, and I was like, "Oh fuck no, this thing is so scary." It's weird and tight up there, and you gotta like come through the doors so and clear the the stairs at the bottom. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got an email from Billy Palka amazing podcast guys truly a pleasure to listen to gunshots for days eh can't get that on the dusty nine club so what's a man got to do to get some steam whistles over here in new jersey but in all seriousness thanks for all the content in these crazy times everything might be different these days but at least we still have the bunt still 
Much love from Central Jersey. Stay safe, boys. Keep it up. Oh, damn. No question. No question there, but I left this one in for a reason. I've been talking to the good homies over at Steam Whistle, and we're going to work on something to get a box of Steam Whistle out to one of our American listeners. I'm not sure the beers can make it across the pond, but maybe we can work something out to uh, get one to our to our neighbors down south. Man, I was talking about that with Phil the other day. He said he tried to order a 2-4 from his friend's like beer company in Edmonton mm-hmm. to Vancouver. I'm like, dude, how the fuck? Like, won't that shit blow up? Because it'll freeze on a plane, and if it's in a truck, won't it get shaken up, and you'll just cop it to the explodes in your face? Like, it seems tricky, but if Steam Whistle, I'm sure beer companies have figured it out. Uh, that would be yeah. so fun to try and get some some steamies to the listeners down south so we're we're working on something you know we're doing it for the people no doubt next up we got an email from jay van vigil what it do bunt crew forgive me if this one has been asked but superstitions play a big part in skateboarding and i was wondering what a few of yours might be board setup socks laces pre-sesh rituals tendencies while trying a trick to name a few thanks for always delivering what the people deserve Coming from a barn burning Patreon member. Woo! That's my favorite. Oh. Emails, dog. Okay, okay. Just had to throw that in there in, in brackets, eh, Jay? We love you, dog. <laughs> oh, big shouts. Um, I would say that I probably have more superstitions when I play hockey, for sure, as opposed to skating. I'm not sure I have too many. I always put my left skate shoe on first for some reason. Same with my sock. If I ever like do it backwards for some reason, I have to take the right one off and then put the left one on. But in hockey, I'm all sorts of twisted, man. With like how early I have to get there, taping my stick, putting my clothes on. If we're like winning a bunch of games in a row, I have to always wear the same shirt underneath and not wash it. It's (laughs) gross, but that's just sports, man. Yeah, I'm trying to think back on my shit i i remember i had a phase where like my ocd was starting to go through the roof and i checked myself because it it started being more than just skating like i would get home check the mailbox three times lock the front door three times oh yeah and like arrange all the shoes at the front door and like it just started getting a little out of control and i was like yo 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 like and i actually made a conscious effort to just stop doing all of it and i think that was probably beneficial because i was going down a dark road but in terms of just the shit i do with my board i think the only one i still do is like i'll crunch like i'll pick up my board and i'll crunch the wheel to the to the deck like a few times that's a classic one yeah i'll crunch it gotta make sure those bushings are working yeah exactly crunch it a few times and that's about it but that's almost more for function if your your board feels like it's starting to go sideways but back in the day i used to Mm -hmm. spin my wheel or like i would it was always that shred like i'd shoot up the quarter pipe you know you shoot your board into your hand i'd have to make sure all four of my wheels stop spinning crunch the thing a bunch of times and then drop in and blast that nollie heel back lip you dig (laughs) oh tell me about it dog (laughs) man i used i do the one with my car key where i like have to lock the door three times yeah and one time you called me out on that you're like it's locked man i'm like (laughs) but like my brain is fried man it's not locked in my brain yeah 
I must have already been past my OCD and I probably saw you and I was like trying to help you out too. Yeah, um, I was in uh, Niagara Falls that time we drove out there to oh, meet up true. with the bachelor crew. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. <sighs> and we're like walking into the hotel and all you hear is the loudest beep, beep, beep. And you're like, dude, it's fucking locked. Like, Shit, I might have to go back and check it if it's locked. <laughs> yeah, I think overall we're both pretty good. Like we don't let it affect us too much, but it, I mean, some people have it bad, man. So if you're if you're struggling with that, good luck. Uh, it is possible to overcome that shit. All right, next up, we got an email from Mass One. <clears throat> the gods, what up? What up? This Mass One with another barn burner of a pregunta. I don't know what that is, or why I put an accent Me on either. that. Thanks again for keeping us informed and entertained. Still, the bunt has always been for the people. Skating has been at times. What are some dope moments of critical social commentary activism you can recall from our beloved culture? Graphics, vids, articles, or just stand-up pros who are righteous. For example, a shocking one, but a historical grail deck. Jim Thebo's Klansman deck. Or Quasi's Planet Earth Pistol in the Mouth graphic. Or your recent guest, Kenny Reed's post-pro skater, humanitarian influences, skate a stand. Who's got shit to say or stand behind? Again, gracias for the love and continued realness. Once again, big ups to my familia. Teen fucking mob. We got big things coming at you soon. Word, bro. COVID Chronicles 2020. It's hard to think back on things right off the top of our head so i think we're both going to choose something that is fairly new and our good homie jed anderson at latex mansion on insta and a bunch of other homies and blue tile linked up to make a t-shirt saying no room for racism available at blue tile lounges online shop definitely get there all the money from sales goes to a good cause real talk another recent thing that we were super stoked to see and back 100 percent was our boy another bunt alumni justin henry just dropped vans world peace shoe it's a style 36 pro beautiful shoe obviously great intentions behind it we're super proud of him yeah go grab yourself a pair i could see those shoes flying off the shelves bro no doubt we'll keep a killed with that one all right next up we've got an email from oscar Traherne. What up, Bump Boys? I am just learning how to kickflip at the moment. Any tips or tricks? Thanks, Oscar. Man, you came to probably the two wrong guys for this one, man. Nah, nah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> just the, the one thing that I remember being important yeah, when you're trying I'm, to learn. I'm going to be writing these notes down, too. No, no, no. Trust me. I ain't going to teach you how to master kickflips and make them beautiful. But if you're just learning, I mean, we can obviously help with that. I think I remember learning flip tricks. Like I, I learned heel flips before kick flips, but I remember it was when I finally figured it out, it's just a mind over matter thing. Sometimes the thought of landing something is too good to be true. You just build up fear in your head because you're like, oh my God, like landing a kick flip would be so awesome. So you try and your brain tricks you into thinking it's harder than it is. So my recommendation is instead of landing on it with one foot a thousand times, just decide before you even pop 
that you're gonna land on the board with two feet no matter what. So even if you're landing primo or you're landing upside down, mm. just break it down. You're popping, so you're jumping up in the air and just promise yourself you're landing on the board with two feet no matter what. And I think that will fast forward the process for you. And then once you actually land some kickflips, then you go on YouTube and you start to look up Andrew Reynolds, Brian Herman, Brad Cromer, and just find some beautiful slow motion kickflips and try and emulate Ooh. that. Something me and Donald wish we could do, but I think you can at least get started with landing on, on mm -hmm. some kickflips with two feet. All right, next up, we've got an email from Harrison McDonald. What up, Bunk Gang? Big fan of the show, mainly because of the raw shit talk and reality that exists at high levels of fame that rarely gets talked about. Good reminder that we are all human. Anyways, I got something to throw your way that's been bothering me for years, and I want to know how you guys feel about it. We all know that Instagram and social media is a great way of sharing clips or moments in the streets. But with that has come the desensitization to absolute buckness that goes on in those streets, particularly video enders. The last trick of a video or skate part was always what I looked forward to most. But now, no sooner than 10 minutes after a crazy new part goes up online, the absolute banger, the part that the skater most likely worked the hardest on or risked their life for is thrown up on the gram like it's another booty pick in the feed. <laughs> I must be overreacting, and that's why I came to you guys. Do you think we as a society should stop posting the absolute madness of a video entered Instagram? Thanks, boys. Stay safe up there. Yo, as kids, one of the things that bothered us most was when the ender gets leaked in any way, whether it's an ad, whether there's a bail clip early on in the video, whether it's in a trailer, any sort of clue as to what someone's ender would have been would always piss us off and Seifa especially. He hated that. And it's happened in like tons of videos throughout skateboarding. And now, like you said, with social media, it's getting even worse. So we have always hated that. Even when we do the video reviews, we try not to even post the ender in a part that's 10 to 15 years old when we're doing Instagram <laughs> shit. So we have, we have always respected the enders and we always will save that shit for the part only, man. Couldn't agree with you more, Harrison. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the most frustrating things ever. It even pissed me off when McCrank landed on the tail slide on that huge rail in yeah right and then his ender was 50 i'm like i don't even want to see the spot i definitely don't want to see that you almost did a better trick than your ender and got a wheel bite <laughs> yeah no nah, that, that shit drives me crazy I, I feel like thrasher does a pretty good job for the most part of like if they post a trailer to a part that just went up like usually they don't leak the ender i could be wrong but yeah i mean it's it's next to impossible I remember there was some part that I wish I remember the part, but everyone was anticipating. Oh, I think it was like Bobby, Bobby's part in purple. Uh, mm -hmm. That video got like leaked, and there's a link going around. And I remember Spencer, he just posted Bobby's ender on his story. <laughs> what? And everyone in the group chat was like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like, take that down." Because like half the people in the group chat hadn't seen it, not to mention he has over 100,000 followers on Instagram. So 
Um, there's Damn, nothing worse than going sabotage. on Instagram. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going on Instagram, flipping through some stories, and it's like you're you're looking forward to getting home that night and watching the Converse video, and especially Bobby's part if you're one of his homies, and then you you see his ender on Spencer's story, and you're like, what the fuck? But he deleted it. He realized Man. he got a little overhyped. But yeah, posting people's enders on your story or whatever. God damn. If you're a bunt listener, you're better than that. Don't do it. Hell yeah. Respect the ender. All right. Next up, we got a voice note from Rob Roy. Let's get it. Safa, Dono. Rob Roy here from Sudbury. Long time listener. Second time caller. I've been thinking about this question for a while. The Tommy Sandoval mini doc that just dropped on Transworld finally prompted me to drop the message. Obviously, there's a health trend going on in skating right now um, where people are quitting drinking, quitting drugs, smoking uh, to focus on their bodies. I'm thinking people like Neen Williams, Andrew Reynolds, uh, Tyshawn Jones has clearly been uh, reported to be sober his whole life. Skater of the year at, at a super young age, amazing skater. I'm just wondering who you think could most benefit from the sobriety bump, as I like to call it. Uh, give me your top three. My one pick would be KB, Kevin Bradley. Obviously an amazing skater, style god. Uh, it just seems like sometimes he is maybe partying a little bit more than he's skating. Uh, so I'd love to see what sobriety could do for someone like that. Um, I'd also just like to get your opinion on the whole sobriety thing, helping with longevity and overall performance for especially older skaters. Um, actually, Spanky. Damn, Dakota. Okay, there's way more than I thought. Um, yeah, so give me your opinion on it. Give me your top three picks. And let's see if we can sober up these men's. All right, boys. Thanks for doing what you do. Always appreciated. Uh, enjoy every single minute of the pod. Keep it up. Thank you. Okay, Rob Roy. Sobriety bump, man. I like that there. That's a great question. Mm. As far as KB goes, sometimes I feel like that is part of the magic that is KB. The fact that he doesn't skate all the time, every day. He's a little more spontaneous. I think that is what makes KB what he is, man. As far as if we could uh, do the experiment and see productivity differences, I think you have the, the right number one pick overall. KB, we're huge fans. I think we've talked about it before. Like He's got so deep potential. Uh, so mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe one day he gives it a whirl and we see what happens. But that's that's our number one pick as well. Another obvious one. Antoine Dixon uh, seems to be doing much better these days, but in his prime when he was younger, who knows what other parts he, he would have put together if he... Oh, um, my God. You know, that one's just drives me crazy to think about. And then um, our good, good homie, Brian Wenning. Hope you're doing well. Obviously, in his prime, he had his issues, but another prime Wenning part, sober would train would have been, would have been wild. Who else we got? Yeah. I would also throw Fred Gall's name into the hat. But like I said about KB, sometimes the partying and the madness led to the beauty that was their skating, man. And I think Fred Gall is one of those. Maybe Matt Canadian, man. Maybe if he stayed off those Nando pints for a little bit, we'd see a couple more heel flip crooks. You know what I'm saying? 
I would have loved to see that. Yeah, our whole squad. A summer of like Mitch, Canadian, and Will dead sober. They probably drop like the heaviest video of all time. Yo, we should we should pitch that to them. <laughs> I would love to see that. Sick question, man, and it's definitely a trend you're seeing in skating. And I'm all for it, man. Me and Safe have never been like big drug users, anyways. But we definitely love our pints, so we're just as guilty as anyone with that. So maybe me and you should go sober, dog. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. But (laughs) (laughs) there's a difference when it's like severely affecting you. Like, yes, I've definitely had days where I should have gone skating in the past, but I was too hungover. The older I've gotten, the more I feel like I've cut it down to where I try not to let it affect me. Except the one place where I have the most regrets is when I go to Berlin. I'm trying to do both. Like, you're trying Mm -hmm. to party hard there because it's, like, such a different fun party vibe. But then when I'm trying to skate, that's the one place where I've let myself down multiple times and gone home. Like, I'm on the flight home. Like, damn, man. My legs were jiggly. My legs were all jiggly (laughs) from hangovers the whole trip. Couldn't even fucking nollie flip properly on flat. Like, anyways. All right, next up and last up, we got an email from Herbie Willis. What's up, Bunk Gang? New listener and first-time emailer. I was just wondering if there is any trick that once seemed impossible that any skater would be able to do that you think could be done now, and if so, what? For me, it's either hard flip, back crooks a handrail, and tray flip, 5-0 a handrail, frontside or backside. <laughs> Kick flip, back nose blunt, a tall hubba, or nollie flip slash nollie heel nose blunt. Oh, I love this email so much. First of all, Nolly Heel Nose Blunt on handrails has been done, I believe. Nija's done. I've seen Nija do it in a contest run on a big-ass rail mm-hmm. uh, to win gold at the X Games. Trey Flip hold on, hold five. On. Huh? He's not, he didn't end there. You just got too excited about oh, this shit. question. Oh, so he more? continues on. Thank you so much for putting out the COVID Chronicles. You guys truly are the people's podcast. Finally, two requests. Can you get Ronnie Krieger on the show? Dude's a legend with one of the best styles and my favorite part in Manic Maddie. And can you review Karan's part and cover version? Safe one, boys. Keep burning down those barns. Herbie. We will definitely get to Karan's part. That's for sure. And Ronnie Krieger, man, we're working on it. Yo. So back to the tricks. Great. Hard flip, great crooks, suggestion. and handrail. You seen that? What's that? Have you seen hard flip crooks down a rail? Hard flip back crooks? Yeah, hard flip back crooks. Hard flip back crooks down a rail. I haven't seen it, and honestly, I don't really want to see it. Yeah, hard flip sound... front crooks would be something I'd like to see. Yeah. That would be dope. Yeah. Tray flip 5 I don't think would look sick on a handrail. Wade did switch three flip 5-0 down that hubba that was fucking ill obviously yeah pretty um, sure pretty sure tray flip 5-0s have been done didn't we do it both ways yeah way did regs in that part yeah well, appliar did it on like a barracks hubba but uh yeah, wades were on hubbas too yeah i'm pretty yeah. sure well okay yo so you want to see a tray flip herbie herbie little homie you want to see a tray flip 5-0 <laughs> on a handrail well, I'd tell you right now, go to YouTube and type in um, Blake Carpenter. 
he switched three flip switch front five o's a handrail so take that in and i'm you know 99% sure Nija's done it either on a street hubba or a rail i can't remember but tray flip 50 has definitely been done in the streets mm-hmm. on some hubbas and probably on a rail but i can't picture one right now uh, as far as tray flip back 50 that's a pretty ugly trick that's uh mostly meant yeah. for bump to ledges so just leave that's that at the skate one. park Kickflip back nose blunt on a tall hubba might be my favorite thing I've ever seen in an email because <laughs> it, it's got to be tall. It can't just be a hubba. No, um, tall hubba. I guess Javier Sarmiento's kickback nose blunt last trick in the firm doesn't count. It was a little too Not low. tall enough. But Bunt alumni Ryan Gallant kickback nose blunted clipper. So mm. I would say YouTube Ryan Gallant. I believe it's in an expedition video. Gone fishing, maybe. I can't remember the one, but it's out there. Do your research. So now, is there any trick that once seemed impossible that could be done now? And if so, what is it? What do you think, Say? Well, I mean, this thing's crazy because as time goes on, when I was a kid, I thought so much shit that's going down now was damn near impossible and just look what's happening like once i saw ryan blacksell do back nose grind nollie flip out in the middle of the ledge Ooh. i was like yo anything's good to go now like you yeah. name it it's going down and then obviously seeing wade bobby and morgan skate for the years that we have i'll put anything past anyone man you spend a week skating with any one of those guys like on a good week and you got a good chance at seeing an nbd on a ledge one that just comes to mind is like switch tray flip nose grind a handrail like that just seemed like a tony hawk pro skater trick for a long time so shout out to the legend guy mariano i was gonna say nollie flip back over crooked rail but I've seen a few of those nothing seems impossible man look just Watch the primitive guys, man. Like Carlos Ribeiro's out here, switch flip front blunting handrails. Mm-hmm. You know, Nolly back heel, switch back 5 0 rails. Shane O'Neill is defying skate science every day. <laughs> Just uh, subscribe to his. I feel like maybe you already do, but if if you don't, you have to follow Shane O'Neill on Instagram and like Ashad where if you want to see progression on a skateboard um every time they fucking post something all right y'all that's gonna wrap up this week's post office make sure to get your emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com y'all know the address man yeah welcome to the rundown the skateboard world source for sports It's been lacking this season, but y'all know exactly what it was. The COVID Chronicles, as advertised, ain't much sports going on, but we can look forward to some, man. And we talked about it, I think, last week or the week before. Maybe it was even an email. Who we thought would be the most likely to come in to this playoff season out of shape. The easy answer was Nikolai Jokic. I'm not sure if you've seen the photo, but this man is skinnier than ever. It's insane. Have you seen? He must have lost 30 pounds. Yeah, man. I saw. I saw. A His head of him is on still Twitter. as big. Because <laughs> <laughs> the only place it didn't lose weight is his head, still enormous, but his body is tiny, man. 
Yeah, I saw that, man. And it kind of, it's kind of a little scary because you hope he doesn't start to get bullied in the paint. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, hopefully it pays off. The man's looking crisp. He's looking good. I'm hyped for him. We've both been big fans of him for a long time just because of our fantasy basketball addiction. He's been on our radar for quite some time. So we rock with the Nuggets. Love love their chances to be a dark horse and make some noise, man. Hopefully they eliminate the Lakers or something out of nowhere. Man, I'm just not sure that's healthy. Like, I don't think his body is going to be able to perform the same as it was. I don't know for sure, but that is just looked insane to me dog. Yeah. why didn't he lose this weight before if it was that easy what has he done now probably went on some paleo shit I don't know but I I agree I agree he does look it does look like he might have gone too far if I'm a big man in the west so I'm gonna push this guy out of the way now I ain't scared of him yeah man I feel you we'll we'll see man we'll see but I hope I hope it works out for him because he clearly has been sacrificing Nutella and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the sacrifices pay off. No bread and carbs for that man in quarantine. Yeah. So the NBA Players Association got on a big time call. I think there was over 80 to 90 players in on this call. The main objective of Kyrie Irving was to state the fact that he doesn't think this is the time for the NBA to come back and play basketball. The world, and more specifically the U.S., is focused on one thing, and that is systematic racism right now. And they think coming back and playing basketball will take everyone's mind off of the objective in front of them right now. What are your thoughts on this? It's a tough one, man, because obviously, selfishly, we want sports back, but I do fully see where Kyrie's coming from. We know how this works. It's happened time and time again. Like a big part of why George Floyd and uh, all all the the gnarly shit that we've seen, the gnarly cases. I mean, just just yesterday or two days ago, Rashad Brooks in Atlanta. The reason why it's stuck in everyone's mind and it, and change is slowly starting to happen is because there's nothing to distract us from from that there's no let's turn the page and talk about sports today or talk about this or that it's like everyone's still kind of stuck at home and all the news is focused on this and so i definitely i definitely feel where they're coming from like if if the players choose not to play i I fully support them Uh, on the flip side the argument is well we're gonna have all these eyes on us while we're playing these games so we can get the message out there you know mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways be it our interviews or whatever but i mean dominique foxworth made a good point on first take a week ago saying that you know in your heart of hearts that as much as we can try and do these little things before or after during the games the focus of the media is going to be the games themselves and not necessarily the racial injustice and and all the forward progression that we still need to come. So I see both sides of it. I'm gonna back the players one way or another. Malcolm Brogdon's like a huge activist and he said he's going to play. So, you know, everyone's gonna have their own reasons and I'm not gonna be mad if one of my favorite players decides to not play. 
one thing we always talk about and this is just us personally is how much more productive we can be without sports and without fantasy sports it is a big time distraction for a lot of people and i've always stated this prior when people would talk to me about the news and what's going on in politics i've always said that you know i live in this sports bubble where the worst news i get is that someone gets injured and it's almost like the whole world not the whole world but a big portion of them also live in this sports bubble and for the first time in a long time we've been forced to come outside of that bubble and look what's been made of it you know yeah, that's a good point man i obviously live in the same bubble as you and i remember my mom the other day was like she's like oh like do you know what's going on in the world and whatever i'm like yeah like i'm listening to all my sports podcasts like i'm pretty up to date and she's like what do you mean like you're listening to sports podcasts i'm like well no they talk about more than just sports like i get my news if there's something big enough in the mainstream we will get it through you know first take jalen and jacoby and all the mm -hmm. pods we listen to but especially this time around with no sports to cover we have no choice but to pay attention to what's going on in the world and it's been great i don't know i'm interested to see what happens when sports comes back if there's a push against continuing to talk about these serious issues that need all of our attention i guess it's just wait and see the players will figure it out and obviously do what's best for them and we have to be happy with that yeah what do you think about i mean we're a long ways off but uh you see baker going back and forth and then he ended up having to post that thing saying he's kneeling and like if he's gonna lose fans so be it like he does like he doesn't want you as a fan if, mm -hmm. if you're gonna be that ignorant about the whole kneeling and the flag thing yeah bill o'brien also came out and said the same thing that he's gonna support his players and kneel as well and rightfully so they should man yeah. it's just sad what's happened to colin kaepernick all these years and it's taken everyone else in the world so long to catch up to where colin's been at for this long yeah as far as the nba coming back because of the timing it's still pretty soon after everything like i could see why they would want to some people might not want to come back but as far as by the time football comes around hopefully there's been a lot more positive change and it'll be really interesting to see like nascar ban the confederate flag um mm -hmm. and kick that bum right out of the league yeah like better late than never mm -hmm. but um i'm really liking guys like baker saying that shit where it's like yo i'm willing to lose these fans you know and nascar and the boston red sox coming out and calling out or like admitting the fact that there is a problem uh with racism you know in in their crowds and stuff and nascar willing to i guess not turn their back on those those shitty fans but just they're they're willing to take the backlash and do what's right um and i think forward. that's awesome and i think the more people that do that the more those fans that have that hate in their heart are going to be forced to take a look inside and be like why, why am i waking up every day hating people for no reason you know like mm -hmm. i think it's great i think they're baby steps that are being taken now but i think it's good man and uh salute to baker mayfield i just love that sentiment of yo if you're if you're not gonna be a fan anymore because i'm gonna you know be against systematic oppression and and racism you know like if i'm losing you as a fan because i back those things then 
good riddance, you know? I think the more people that come out like that, the better. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Bunt. Only a couple weeks left in the COVID Chronicles. Season 11 been popping, and you know we're going to keep it popping. Catch y'all next week. The last four weeks are turned up, people. Get your fire hose ready. These barns are going to be burning. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,